Welcome to Dogma and Devotion, the podcast that sheds light on the beauty and truth of the Catholic faith. We discuss a wide range of topics from the viewpoints of two complementary vocations of the Church. I'm Ashley, here with Father Dupre, and on today's episode, we're reflecting on the Gospel for the fourth Sunday of Ordinary Time, Year B. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Then they came to Capernaum, and on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. The people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Quiet, come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsed him and with a loud cry came out of him. All were amazed and asked one another, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I'm excited to be in Mark. I like Mark's Gospel because it's kind of short and to the point. But um, the really great thing about the church and her wisdom is that even though Mark may give us a shorter version of something, we can use those readings, you know, the first reading and the response, the second reading, to kind of help us relate to the whole gospel and go deeper. So looking at this one, I'm thinking from the first reading, um, Moses is speaking to the people and he says, let us not again hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire anymore, lest we die. And that's kind of also reflected with the fear that we see in the, the demon who's saying, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. So like recognizing the authority and then immediately it's not this genuine faith like, oh my gosh, I know who you are, but it's fear. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it, this, this whole reaction there, like you're pointing out there, strong parallel in the people as the Lord has Moses trying to lead them into communion with him. And, you know, through the law, we know how the Lord is going to use Moses, but there's this, there's this repugnance in, uh, inside of them. Let us not again hear the voice of the Lord, our God, nor see this great fire anymore, lest we die. It's fear, it's fearfulness, and it's different from the Holy Spirit's gift of the fear of the Lord. That is a reverential fear. It's more a fear that comes from love, a fear of displeasing, a fear of not uh, keeping communion, not keeping someone we love close to us. Like, oh no, I got him the wrong gift. Oh no, I really wanted them to like this. You know, that that's a fear, uh, a beautiful fear that, that comes from not communicating something good, not giving something good that we hoped they would want. Uh, Very, very different here. These people are downright afraid of dying, and God is the God of the living, and they can't even stand to hear his voice. And again, very similarly in this unclean spirit being allowed to speak and uh, inside of this man, and what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? You know, that's that is not what you say to someone whose company you welcome, right? Have you come to destroy us? You, you don't see any good here. You don't recognize it. And, you know, I, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And it, it's an aversion to holiness. And that that's what 
both of these instances are expressing and it is it's really not something to ignore inside of us and i'm thinking of those who uh, of us um who have maybe had a conversion experience and are still trying to get let's say our spiritual legs underneath us and we still slip and fall and and we're we're trying to to put on holiness put on christ like saint paul says in his letter to the colossians you know we put on christ and yet there still might be the old man, you know, within us. And, uh, and we might be experiencing some, some falls, right? As we draw closer, but there's still some pulls and cravings of the flesh. We're still a mixed bag, let's say, but the Lord doesn't give up on us. Thanks be to him and his grace that pursues us. Well, in those times of falling and, you know, just being a priest and accompanying people, uh, and, and going through different bouts within myself, it's, it's something that can happen. You can experience, uh, and it's surprising, hopefully it's surprising, where we can go from feeling like we want the Lord's company to, to all of a sudden it's, it's not top of the list. It's not, uh, it's not a passion within us. And so it, it is always indicative of something that needs attention. It's, it's not to be seen as um, you're, you're merely sick or you're, you're under-caffeinated or something like that. Um, holiness has its own force, its own draw. It's the Lord. The Lord communicates desire and his word will not return to him null and void. It always achieves the end for which it is sent. And so if, if there's an obstacle there, you know, th- there is one if there's an aversion to holiness. And uh, I'm thinking of the first time I really saw it, not, not just in myself, but outside of myself. And it was a seminary. This was years and years ago. And I don't believe anybody would ever draw a line here of association. Uh, and we as seminarians were invited to this prayer service by this uh, layman. And, and he had his own lay friends, and they were all just very kind of serious, serious people of prayer. And, and they were very much, um, you know, being kind of schooled and, and versed in charismatic prayer. And so he, he would invite the seminarians to come over. And I remember I had went a few times, and then somebody who had not gone before had joined up. And I remember asking, hey, where's so-and-so? I know he wanted to come. Oh, he's here, but he's outside. And this prayer service was going on inside this this layman's uh, living room. And it, he was outside on the lawn. And so nobody was going to get him. And so uh, I went out and I, and I went to go see him. And I said, hey, what, what's going on? You know, you're okay. He said, I can't go in. I can't go in. And And I was like, okay. And I was like, you know, we're all here. You know, we're, 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 we went here together. We're going to go back to the seminary together. Let's just be together. You know, um, I think there's, you know, something really good here. And, and I would say there was some other things that, that appeared to be very powerful and in a very good way. We saw people resting in the spirit and such, and this was nothing new. This man had done this all the time, uh, or many times before this night. Finally, we get this seminary to come in and he, I don't believe he had been a seminary for very long. And, um, and then the man who is hosting this whole event, you know, says, uh, okay, well, you know, let's, let's, let's try to see where we are right now. I want you to say for me, repeat after me, Jesus Christ is Lord. And he, he clenched his fist. He looked away from all of us and he closed his eyes and he just through clenched teeth said, I can't, I can't, I can't. 
And I, I just kind of looked around. I didn't want to add to any embarrassment he was probably already feeling. But I just knew in my heart, I was like, there is something just serious here. Like, I could say it now, I could say it then, and I, you know, what would get in the way of a seminarian, you know, somebody studying to be a priest, to be able to say Jesus Christ is Lord. And I remember we, we pretty much just ended our time uh, shortly. I, we felt like too much pressure, this wasn't going to go anywhere. So let's not push him. And so we wound up just kind of cutting our time short and went back to the seminary. Um, and for whatever this is worth, I remember him not very staying very long in, in seminary. I never did find out whatever happened there, if he ever kind of got through that. Um, but I, I realized, like, this stuff's real. Like, there can be an obstacle. Um, how it gets there, I, I would definitely say through sin, but I don't think that that's always fair to say that that is 100% the cause. Uh, Ouija board, I, I mention that to people all the time. 1995 at Toys R Us, get your kids soul possessed. That is no joke. Um, uh, I've even heard priests be very strict about even the eight ball. Remember the, you know, mm -hmm. turn this thing around and through this window, there'll be a different answer on this kind of uh, you know, rotating, tumbling pyramid that appears through a glass and there's like a purplish kind of fluid inside. Anyway, everybody remembers the magic eight ball thing. Well, you're just, you're asking questions to what, I don't know, but it's giving you answers and it's, it's, it's not a device of prayer, you know? So who are you posing questions to these things? You know, it's, it's just an example of what can be an occasion of, uh, being kind of, um, attacked, let's say, or you attract something or invite something in unwittingly into your life, and you maybe you didn't have an outright intention to offend the Lord. Um, so anyways, the, the, there's a real forces out there. Um, and just like a personal note about this, uh, where I experience it within myself in a good way. This is where recognizing an aversion to holiness in this next example is something that can be kind of beautiful and inspiring. Um, and it's something that I just keep in my memories. And I think of something that's just God's beautiful work. I was not yet a priest. And but later on in my formation, I remember going to visit someone who was dying of ALS. And he was a quadriplegic it needed assistance for do to do everything and it's very Catholic family. And I invited in to go and pray with other people who knew and were tending to this man. And I remember getting close enough to where it was about three or four feet away and he was able to turn his neck still. He hadn't lost control over that um, motor function and turn my way. And when he looked at me, I was so uncomfortable and the, the best thing I can explain why is it was, it was just looking into just something that incomprehensibly pure and I, I, there was nothing to fear. He posed no physical threat. He was asking nothing of me, but I realized that I really could not keep gaze with him. And it was, I've, I've reflected on it for many years and I, I've, I've just realized like it, I think it compares to something that happens at death and purgatory where St. Catherine of Genoa says, looking upon the loveliness of God, the soul in need of purification 
sees that it is not ready to receive all the goodness and lovingness and cast itself into the purifying flames of purgatory. And it's, it doesn't feel like judgment, death or condemnation, but there's a sense of not being ready to receive it. I just had the vision of, um, that you love so much of the wise men prostrating themselves mm. like at the manger, just, I don't know what else to do. So I'm just going to stick my face on the ground. <laughs> like, just, right. You know, such holiness right there. Wow. It was overwhelming. I, um, I was thinking of also just what it must've been like whenever this, you know, gospel kind of ends and it just says, um, after Jesus does what he does and his fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region, like Jesus is the substance that he's teaching about mm. because he's the word made flesh. Like how crystal clear must it have been, must it have been for those first people there that were just hearing him? Like, you know, just no questions. There it is. Right. Gosh. If, if we can, in, in our day and time, we can experience, very, you know, referring back to this experience I had as a seminarian, somebody, you know, cut all ties. And uh, at, at the time, I was actually preparing to enter into a vowed state as a religious with a religious community. So, you know, in other words, you know, kind of doubling down and trying to get serious for, for priesthood and trying to be sold out for Jesus Christ. <laughs> and along the way, there's just this one soul, let's say, more or less obscure. No, you know, nobody's gone on to talk about his cause for canonization. I know the man, I remember his name very well. And I, I know that there is no investigation to his cause, but I remember the experience. So if it was clear then in a member of his body, how, to your point, was it clear, so much clearer in the walking in the flesh word of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity, you know? And so it, it, it provokes a reaction to those who are not ready to receive depending on where you are in the spectrum, you know, there could be a kind of shyness about it. There could be a discomfort about it, but you're still drawn, right? Um, you're kind of oohed and ah, you know, you're, you're caught off guard perhaps, but then there could be, you could be on the way dark end of the spectrum and kind of have a paralysis in front of that goodness or uh, a, a jealousy as we saw in the temple aristocracy of those who actually plotted, hatched the plot to kill Jesus. You know, he taught with authority. How did that reach a jealous person's ears? <laughs> they had been teaching for years. Yeah. And then the people, what is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. They know it is clear that these before him were not exercising this level of prophecy. They did not have God's holy words to the effect of instant, expelling. Instant effect. Like didn't have to do anything. Just get out and they're gone. Yeah. I can't even do that with my kids. <laughs> you got to say it more than once. <laughs> and then, I, I mean, I think just to tie it all up, if you're, if we can see the, the divine authority of God and then just looking with that lens at how much free will he gives us to sin against him and just mercifully accepts us back. So if you're feeling these things and if you're feeling these aversions to these things, just go to confession, just get it out. And because if you, you know, whatever you feel like you don't have, just imagine the room there is there to receive. Amen to that. There, that, that's a great thing. So, you know, the lesson here being is don't take that aversion to holiness lightly. Mm -hmm. 
it can worsen. And it's Christ is in his mystical body. He is speaking through his priesthood. He is speaking through his holy word. And his holiness does its thing inside of us. He is sanctifying us. So if there's a repugnance to it, there's an obstacle that needs to be treated. And so we go to the doctors of the soul. We call them Holy Roman Catholic priests. And they um, participate in Christ's sacrifice so that there isn't a sacrifice of salvation for the sins that are in the way. And yeah, so we, we have Christ's power among us in working, especially in the sacramental life of the church. And so we need to make sure that there is nothing in the way of him accomplishing our salvation. He gives it, so use it. Amen. <laughs> All right. You want to close in prayer? Let's do it. Name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you are holy, you are immortal, you are the holy one true Son of God, and you have come not to condemn us, but to save us. Lord, reveal to us whatever obstacles may be in the way by our own will, or perhaps the will of others. We ask, Lord, that you heal us, you save us, and you open us up to your saving power in our lives. We ask this in your holy and precious name, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We'll return for our next episode with the gospel for the fifth Sunday of Ordinary Time. <laughs>